0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Sports the Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am your host Keith Cork, and I am here with my co-host and good friend here, Mr. Trey Hill, and we are gonna just run with us today. Uh, I know we've had a couple of guests on. We had Ryan Borja on last week, uh, and the week before that, Mr. Stephen Bagel came on the show. So go check those episodes out if you haven't already, uh, breaking down the Bulls cap situation. But uh, this is just kind of a check-in episode to talk about all things Bulls and just some kind of quick hit, uh, you know, things. Shouldn't be too long. But uh, Trey. How are you doing? Uh, did you get a chance? Uh, actually, the Summer League game right now for the Bulls is currently going on, where they're down, I think, 40 points or something like that. Uh, but uh, have you had a chance to watch some of the Summer League this uh, this season?
1: Yeah, I watched a little bit. I watched, I'd say, a little over half of the first game, which, of course, was exciting. And then I watched the first half of the second, the second game against the Knicks. And yeah. as exciting as the first one was, this one has been disappointing. Yeah. But I've gotten to well, I've gotten to, to definitely see a good chunk of the Bulls so far in the, in the summer league. So yeah, some we good a, things, some bad things, but there's definitely been some things.
0: Yeah, we were going to uh, you know watch this this uh, uh, a game you know between the Knicks and the Bulls and, and then do a podcast, but uh, the way that we saw the the game playing out, uh, and you know it's not super surprising. The Bulls uh, have no experience, and the Knicks have Clinton Grimes. Uh, Jericho Sims and uh, some other players that, you know, have some NBA experience under the belts and uh, their defense was just there was the Bulls couldn't do anything on offense. So it was kind of pointless to watch because it's not even real basketball. when One team is just so lopsidedly better than the other team. Uh, But I will say a couple of good things I did see. Uh, from Dale and Terry. Uh, you know, this is the first chance I've got to watch from Trey. I didn't get to see that first game I was working. Uh, so this is the first chance I've gotten to see summer league. But I saw a couple of like really nice, you know, full court passes to the opposite wing to the corner. Uh, Off the dribble and off the off the pick, you know, he he, he could tell where the defensive pressure was coming from and had that uh, presence of mind to find that open shooter in the corner. Of course, being summer league and being the guys that they are in the corner, they didn't shoot that ball, even though they should have. Uh, So it ended up being probably a turnover, uh, which the Bulls had like fifty five hundred million turnovers uh, by the time I turned it off uh but you know that's that's the right play i felt like so i thought i would, thought that was really encouraging and also you know um just the defensive you know uh, the, the the speed on the defensive end the ability to get from sideline to sideline uh the athleticism is there i know that defense is the one thing he has um one thing that you know definitely struck me as something he needs to work on which i know everybody's aware of but his shooting um i saw him take a couple of threes didn't look very comfortable out there. Uh, So, you know, that's something that he's definitely going to have to work on here before the season starts. But, you know, I do think he's a, you know, he profiles as kind of that, uh, that Patrick Williams type of player right now. Trey, what do you think?
1: I mean, the, the low man, the low end Patrick Williams, because we saw what Patrick Williams was able to do when he came into summer league and he had had that experience against real NBA players. And you know, as much fun as the first game was, this like you mentioned with the NBA experience the Knicks had have on the floor tonight with Sims with Grimes. I think the broadcast said they had like 117 NBA games last year, so this was their first real experience against the NBA level talent, and the Bulls definitely got smacked in the mouth. I, for me, uh, I was really watching you know Dale and Terry Terry Lewis and then Marco were the, the three guys who I think, you know, going into the season, I hoped to see, maybe get some playing time. And Marco showed he's not going, he's likely not going to be effective against NBA bigs still, um you know, maybe with better players around him, he might show better, but Sims ate him for lunch, you know, mm-hmm. on both ends of the floor. Terry, I think, uh, He's a rookie, but I think it, he showed, like you said, he showed flash flashes of the good feel for the game. He on the defensive end, he'll be fine. And I think when he's when he's the the fourth best, you know, the fourth or fifth yeah. best player on the offensive end. Yeah, I think he's going to be much more effective than he is showcasing right now. So I think that's what I've saw, what I've seen from him. And Justin Lewis, I like the way. He had a couple really good off-ball reads with Marco's um, just slow-footedness, una- mm. you know, un- inability to rotate. He he switched over a couple times, even got a block early on in the game while it was while it was still competitive. Just off-ball switching. So I saw some things, but not having any playmakers of any caliber whatsoever out there for the Bulls, I just it's just what on offense it's just four guys, it's just four guys swinging the ball around the yeah. three-point line and just you know throwing something up when the shot clock runs down
0: yeah, so that's why we turned it off, because we were like, you know, there's there's really nothing to be gained here. Um, but, yeah, I do like Justin Lewis also. You know, let's just uh, touch on that a little bit. Justin Lewis signed to a two-way contract with the Bulls, so now they have his rights if they do want to sign him to a guaranteed contract later in the season. Um, like you said, you know, I do like the things I've seen out of him. I do think he's got some really good athleticism. Uh, I think he's, you know, it's not somebody that we're going to get super excited about. He's like an end-of-the-bench type of player uh, at best. So, you know, it's not like we're going to go out there and say, oh, Justin Lewis is going to be the next you know whoever that went on signed you know Isaiah Thomas or no isaiah Thomas even going sign but whoever that went on sign that went on to, to be a really good player uh, we're not saying that but I think he you know could could be a good end of bench type of guy um, so I like what I've seen out of him uh, but yeah Marco uh that first game you know I think he had what 27 points and 13rebounds or something like that you know and we're sitting here thinking oh man maybe this guy has what it takes and then all of a sudden like you said uh Bulls are getting smacked here but Again, this is a game where it's not it's not easy to take things away from it um, because just the Bulls just have no offense whatsoever, as you said. There's no playmakers on the floor uh, to really get those guys involved. So I'm not super concerned. I think Marco. I think the the fact that the Bulls went and signed Andrew Drummond is not a good sign for Mar- Marco and his ability to contribute this year. But, you know, perhaps next year, you know, is a different uh, different story or perhaps later this year, uh, you know, if there's an injury or something like that, we might see Marco Simonovic on the floor. So uh, I'm not like super high on Marco, but I think that there's some potential there. And I think that, you know, um, I do like the fact that he came out and, and had a good first game in the summer league.
1: Yeah. And with the Bulls getting down so much so quickly, mm-hmm. it's. I can understand being discouraged and that kind of bleeding through. And he did have a poor showing, but hopefully he can get it ironed out, especially, especially bigs, especially need that that playmaker who can get them involved unless they're one of those special unicorns. So yeah, look, looking forward, like you said, he's, he's the breaking case of emergency, which we'll do fine. But Lewis and Terry, I think are the, the two guys who we expect to play maybe a little bit in the regular season, especially if Lonzo's not healthy. So, if they can continue to show the flashes, that's that's really all I think as Bulls fans we should be looking for. We should be looking for how are these two going to be able to contribute when they're the worst player on the court on the offensive end and on the defensive end? How are they off ball? How are they whenever they need to come over and help on a drive? Um, do they rotate quick? Like, are they on point on their rotations or are they sloppy and not closing out in time? Those are the things I think we really want to watch for. And so far, I think they've done all the little things right.
0: Yeah, um, I agree with you there. So um, I don't know if we touched on this in our last episode, Trey, but, you know, so you talked about Lonzo Ball. And obviously that's like one of those big you know clouds that kind of hangs over this full squad is – you know, how healthy is Lonzo Ball? So, you know, I don't know if we really talked about the basketball implications so much of the of the Warren Dragic signing. I mean, do you think that this is a guy, I mean, obviously he's up there in age, but is this a guy that can step in if Lonzo is hurt and doesn't start the season? And can he play, you know, 30, 40 games for the Bulls and start? Is this, you know, is this going to be our starter if that happens? Uh, or do you think he's just another guy that's kind of breaking case of emergency?
1: I mean, I think he could start and play 20 minutes a game type situation. I don't think he's going to start and play 28 to 32 minutes a game. Um for me ideally he's, you know, coming off of the bench navigating the second units because with Demar and Zach both playing in the starting lineups, they're going to be, you know, dominating the ball a lot and while we preach wanting to have a playmaker out there with them, um I don't know, I just I hate having Goron be the starting point guard for the Bulls after after everything. Like I'd almost I would almost rather Caruso start at the point guard position, and have yeah. him still come off the bench.
0: Yeah, and uh, especially because you know you do you do need some scoring in that second unit also and. Uh, It just just feels over and over again like Kobe White. You know, it's like he's on his last legs as far as like a Bulls, um, you know, career goes. I mean, I think he's going to stay in the league, obviously. He's got the talent on the offensive end. But uh, it just feels more and more like, you you know, we're seeing the last of Kobe White in a Bulls uniform probably this season. uh, Because I don't think he's going to get traded maybe at the deadline if he has a good start to the season. So
1: here's my Uh, argument for leaving Dragic on the bench. Who's the best playmaker to make Kobe White to bring up his value before the trade deadline? I think Dragic is the best guy to make him look good if you, if you're looking at IO, Caruso, or Dragic. Who like which of those three is going to make him look best in terms of setting him up as a scorer because I think that's how Kobe White is going that's his value, is scoring. Yeah. So who's going to accentuate that value the most? I think I think it's him.
0: Yeah, I think Dragic does does have that ability. Um you know, one thing I will say is that The Bulls, you know, having those three, you know, the three-headed monster of of DeRozan, uh, Levine, and and Vujovic, they tend to, you know, stagger those guys. So there's one of those two, um, either DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine on the floor pretty much with Kobe at all times. So, you know, the question can be, do we think Dragic is better at setting up Kobe than those guys? And I don't know if they, that's the case because of just the simple effect of, of the gravity that a DeMar DeRozan or a Zach Levine has, you know, they, they draw the defense so much. Um, I think that really opens things up for Kobe, but um, to your point though, I do think that, you know, when you're talking about guys that have the floor vision and the ability to get people into their spots, I think Dragic, you know, he's, been a veteran. He's been a player for a long time in the league. He's an established veteran. I think he is a good option for that. But um, I think DeRozan actually is probably the, the, the answer I would give you, honestly, for who's the best to set up uh, Kobe White because he's, you know, again, drawing the defense so much that Kobe ends up getting open lanes and, and you know, open shots.
1: Well, way to just completely go <laughs> off the script from my question of saying which guy would you like to come off the bench with Kobe White? No, yeah. I, don't, I don't answer a questions. And I don't you're don't like, let's let's bring DeMar DeRozan off like no, <laughs> okay. But um, so going into the season, we've seen the rookies. I think it's fair to say they're not going to have huge Huge effect. You know, they're not going to make a huge impact going right. into the season. We've seen this team before. We we know the East has gotten better. Yeah. Do you think the Bulls host the playoff series next
0: year? Yeah. So that, that's the same kind of question I have for you. Yeah. I mean, the Bulls are running it back. So that's a good question. So they basically are they going to be a top four seed in a, in a different you know different wording of that? Um, I think there's a potential there. You know, we had the same roster last season uh, and led the East for a, a period of time. I, I love the Celtic signings, um, getting Gallinari and getting Malcolm Brogdon. I think they are pretty much the, um, you know, in stone, set in stone, number one seed in the East for me. Uh, I don't see the Bulls being better than the Milwaukee Bucks. I really don't don't in my heart of hearts see that happening. I honestly, I mean, I still, I'm right there with you so far. I still have some doubts uh, about the Heat. Uh, I know the Heat did end up first in the East. I still I just
1: I don't know. I'm, taking, just I'm picking
0: us over the heat. There's just so yeah, there's just something about that squad that I'm like, I mean, I think they had a good season. And I think, it, you know, when they got to the playoffs, finished, kinda...
1: finished first in the East. I, I think yeah. they had a good season. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, though. There's just something about Miami where it's like I, just, I
0: don't yeah.
1: I don't fear them.
0: And they lost PG Tucker. So yeah. I don't know, I, you know. May, I could see them finishing above the Bulls, but I think I would take the Bulls above them if the Bulls are healthy. Uh, and then you've got the Sixers, obviously, who I think the Bulls will have a, a rough time getting ahead of the Sixers. Uh, Sixers are a pretty loaded squad, and they also got better. So I, I think top four is doable. I think you can get that fourth seed. I think that's doable. I think that's, you know, maybe – is that. let me ask you this. Let me put, throw this back to you. Is that the best-case scenario? Because we're not going to get the th- third, second, or first seed over those three teams I just mentioned, right?
1: I think the bulls could get the third seed They're between injuries um, you know, things not gelling, you know, we, when Al Horford went to the 76ers to play with Joel Embiid, we thought, Oh man, this is going to work fantastic. And it yeah. was a disaster. So maybe, maybe PJ Tucker, it, you know, comes in and doesn't, doesn't work out, but no, more than likely, I think four is the ceiling unless injuries come into play. But I think it's, Reasonable to to hope for to think that the Bulls can get there. You've got the Heat, the Raptors, the Nets, and the Hawks. I think mm-hmm. are the, you know the real contender and the and the Cavaliers. I don't want to sh- short them and the Cavaliers. Those are the teams that are going to be vying for that number four spot. But if that Zach- the Hawks
0: are interesting too because of getting Dejounte Murray. We can't sell that short. He is a very skilled player. I'm a little questionable about that fit. But uh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, and and I. Uh, all offseason continuity was what they preached. We'll see how much that matters because, you know, Harden is still new on the 76ers. The, the Raptors, they've got their core, but I still I like the Bulls a little bit better than them. If if the Bulls could actually have a healthy season, you know, the Nets, me some they've here. got you know Nets Hawks, yeah. they're they're all you know everything scrambled up. But the Bulls, if they can run it
0: back, I think they can be the four seed. Uh, you know what gives me some hope here, though, is that you know Nikola Vucevic. It was a down year for that guy. He did not shoot the ball, especially at the beginning of the season. Did not shoot the ball, you know, particularly well. Was it was just not. Not a great year for him. Um, I thought he played actually really well defensively. I liked what I saw of him defensively, honestly. Um, But if we're rolling with the same squad again, I'm looking for a better season from Vooch. And I think it's possible. And so that's something that I think can raise your ceiling a little bit. And then obviously the the next biggest factor is Lonzo Ball's health. Um, And that's going to be, for me, the biggest question mark. Because I I think there's no question that Vooch has a better season just because he had such a bad one. But for for Lonzo Ball being healthy, I think that's still a question mark for me.
1: I think they tie hand in hand. For for Vooch to succeed, you have to have Lonzo out there. You have to have Caruso out there. You have to have that, that aggressive defense that can help cover for him. Um, to make it like a football analogy, you can't build your offense around having two like speedy wide receivers, one on each side to just take the top off the defense and then have them both get hurt and then wonder why your offense doesn't work. It's the same thing with Vooch. You can't take away the things that are going that are going to make him look great and then wonder why he doesn't look great so health I think is going to be the huge thing and I, I know like if you look at the numbers you're going to say like on offense those guys shouldn't have mattered as much for Vooch but they're going like Lonzo's going to get him better shots Caruso's going to get him better shots and, and not even the better shots when you're playing well and you're doing well on defense I feel like you do better on offense I, I feel like the mental yeah. aspect of the game that matters a lot for players and Vooch was getting killed all season. Like last season had to weigh on him and I, I really just want to see him come out and thrive from the start.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and, and there were some, some things, you know, I, I did have some episodes last season. You can pull, pull them up and get the receipts on me where I was ticked off at Vooch just as you know, the fact that he couldn't play the defense, he couldn't meet the defender high on the pick and roll. Uh, which supposedly he was supposed to be doing. I don't know. There's some confusion with that. But I thought that there were other times where he did it well. Uh, and overall, you're looking at the season as a whole. Uh, I did like what he did defensively. I, I have no problems running with him as a starting center, honestly. Um, I do wish the Bulls would have a different one. Uh, you can pull the receipts on that, too. I've said that all last season. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I think that Vuce is a very skilled player, so I'm, I'm happy with him, too. Um you were never and, and nothing you said was unwarranted
1: in the moment. Like I'm not saying that the yeah. people who were criticizing Vučević weren't justified well, in doing so,
0: but people take it to the extreme though. They go, you know, get this guy out of here. Like they like you can you can't look at this with like you know, you're gonna look at it with a microscope at, at certain things that he doesn't do well, and then just totally ignore the things that he does do well. That just makes no sense to me. So, um, you know, I'm not one of these guys that's, you know, out there going, "Hey, this guy's awful. Get him out of here." Vuce is the next boozer. Uh, actually, that's one of, something one of my friends said. He's the next boozer. Uh, boozer was worse than than Nikola Vucevic. I promise you that. Uh, if you were around to watch Carlos Boozer, he was not very good. Uh, Listeners, please take a moment to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news is in one hand twitter feed it's the competition provides more analysis to you again that's at ethos fantasy bk on twitter go follow it now so yeah i'm not um, a vooch hater quote unquote but uh i'm not necessarily his biggest like fan either so uh i guess that's where i fall there i'm a little bit more re- reserved in my vooch love um but you're talking about one thing that struck me there when you're talking there trey was uh you're talking about you know the bulls getting out and uh, playing defense and that's what you know helps them to have the confidence on the offensive end and things like that. And I think that's true too. But I also think, you know, I talked about this ad nauseum last uh, season also was that the bulls are one of the best teams at getting out in transition uh, off of, you know, defensive, you know, creating turnovers uh, and, and and scoring buckets in that way. So I, I, one thing, you know, we're talking about Dalen Terry in this episode. Um, watch him in summer league. You know, that's one thing I think that he can help with the Bulls. Also, I think the Bulls have a, a lot of a lot of guys that can go out there, um, create turnovers, and also you know get on the wings and, and finish in transition and, and get out there and, and run with everybody. So that's one thing that gets me excited. Also, um, is the fact that you know the Bulls can get back to doing that, which was an exciting brand of, bas- brand of basketball. And then when Lonzo Ball got hurt, the Bulls got significantly less exciting to watch. Wouldn't you agree with that?
1: Yeah, especially watching in summer league, I think drafting in the the 18 spot, Dalen Terry is the perfect guy to be able to come in and to play the style of basketball the Bulls want to be able to play with their reserves. You know, we had we had the type like Malcolm Hills of the world last year coming in, whenever everybody was injured. You you don't you want someone who's more aggressive. Who Daylon Terry? He already might be like the the second best at getting over screens on the entire team, and he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. you You want to have that type of talent to be able to bring in and to keep that pressure going because it's great for the starters to be able to do it but if you can if you can keep it on for the whole game that's when you just wear teams down and just suffocate suffocate and break their will you know in the second half, and that's what I want just... the bulls to be
0: able to do. I'm salivating over the thought of uh, you know of a second unit, some second unit minutes, or some minutes against the other team's second units that feature Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Daylon Terry, Patrick Williams. And it doesn't even matter who you throw at center there, because all four of those guys seem like they can guard, you know, one through three, one through four, and uh, that's really, you know, what what we're going for here is just uh, positionless basketball, which has been more and more what the NBA has been transitioning to. And uh, so I'm here for it, man. You know, I love it. If Uh, teams are
1: going small, you could just throw Io in there. Yeah, why not? Patrick Williams be the five.
0: Patrick Williams could be the five, or you know, whoever. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, it's maybe a little small for my liking, but uh, but I like your thought thought process there. maybe you throw somebody in there like Derek Jones Jr. That's probably, you like him as the backup center. So I think that's probably who I'd like to have in there in that scenario. Um, But yeah, I I just think, you know, I think the Bulls, the ceiling probably is, like you said, you know, just barely getting that home court advantage, third, fourth seed. So let me me ask you, is that, you know, is that enough for you? I mean, I don't really see this Bulls squad as it stands, as it is um, competing for a championship. Do you? No, they would have
1: to have everything just break right. Zach would have to be the superstar he's been sold to us as. You know, the whole Mm -hmm. his knee was only 50 percent. Look what he could still do. Mm -hmm. Um, That would have to break right. So for me, I think third or fourth and being that that pseudo contender, Mm -hmm. I think is an okay place to be because Zach is still fairly young. We've got him signed through his prime. Yeah. And the Bulls are making themselves a destination the next time somebody wants out. Stars are moving all of the time now, mm. and the Bulls were the team connected to Rudy Gobert before they, they basically said, no, we don't want to trade Patrick Williams. The, J- the Jazz offered them a deal, and they turned it down. They, we could have had Rudy Gobert before the, the Timberwolves decided to give up you know everything for him. Yeah. So to me, I think as long as the Bulls can continue to be in position with Zach – and be an enticing place for a trade. That mm. that's good enough like that that's good enough for me. That's mm. that's good for me. What about you?
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you, man. I think, you know, it's really difficult to become one of those favorites for the title. You have to have a lot of things break your way. You have to get lucky in more ways than one. You have to get lucky in the draft, you have to get lucky in free agency. Um, you know, even the, even if you get LeBron James in free agency, if you have nobody around him, as we saw with the Lakers last season, it doesn't really doesn't matter. You know, it's not it's not one player wins you games anymore. Uh, you know, and it really wasn't even when Michael Jordan was doing it. You know, people like to say that, but uh, there are some very talented players on those '90s Bulls teams, obviously. So, um, it's a team game and so you have to get lucky in more ways than one and right now i think the bulls are uh, i think that's what it is i think w- what it is with arturis is you position yourself to be a destination for free agents you position yourself to be um you know someone that that can draft well uh that knows how to how to get you know talent weight in drafts and you know we've seen that we know there's a track record there for our tourists to to get obviously you know value in drafts (laughs) latent latent drafts so um i'm happy with it i think we're doing the right things i think that you know if you're a fan out there and you're thinking it's got to be championship or bust um this just isn't you know maybe go find a different sport because that's just not going to be a realistic viewpoint uh in the nba just like you said people move all the time even if you think you have the brooklyn nets with Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving and you're guaranteed a championship, right? And look how that turned out. There's no guarantees in this league, um, and obviously injuries play a part in that too. So um, it is enough for me. I'm happy with it.
1: And let's say worst case scenario, everything goes goes haywire for the Bulls. It's just a disaster. You've got Vuce expiring. You can trade. You've got Demar Derozan who you could you could trade. You could package him with, you know, probably Kobe White and trade for Russell Westbrook. And get a couple firsts
0: out of it. Let me say this: um, if let me say this if, if if and I don't mean to cut you Zach off. Levine in,
1: get, Zach Levine could get Zach could get a a ton in yeah. three years.
0: I was gonna say if in two or three years, if if things don't go well, I'm excited to see the the young talent that comes to this Bulls team because yeah, like you said, um, you know maybe Vooch isn't around anymore, but you know tomorrow will still be around in the expiring contract in a couple of years. Uh, like you said, Zach Levine oh, man, you could you could package that guy. At that point, he'll be, what, 29, 30 years old, 31 maybe. Um, but he'll still have some left in the tank, so if there's a contender out there. You know, you're getting multiple draft picks back and stuff like that. So, you know, it's not like we're watching the Bulls team, you know, after after Jordan left and everything, where it's like there was no hope on those teams at all. No, there, there's
1: plenty of hope, and the Bulls have set themselves up to either, A, if things go well, they can be a contender by trading for a guy who wants out because things are going well and they've put themselves in a position to to do that. And if things go poorly, they can either try and retool around Zach Levine, I, you know, uh, Lonzo's young, Caruso's still young, Io's young, Patrick Williams is young. You can try and retool around that young core, or you could even really blow it up, trade Zach mm-hmm. and go super young. Mm-hmm. You know, trade Caruso, trade Zach, even trade Lonzo. And go super young. So, you know, the 2K options are endless for the franchise (laughs) players out there. And it as disappointing as it was how the Bulls season ended last year, having so many different options that the Bulls can find success with is it's an exciting place to be as a Bulls
0: fan. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm not too upset that they stood pat. You know, there's not a whole lot of other uh, updates for you guys. So I think we're just going to cut it off here. But um, like you said, Trey, I think, you know, whichever way this falls, whichever way the chips fall, uh, it is a promising future for the Chicago Bulls franchise and the direction that they're going. But, folks, just before we get out of here, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, this draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are turning out important lessons learned, and draft analysis on an incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep. And we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one watch lunch per month because it's only $5.99. Just see you there, okay? Uh, but, yeah, that's going to do it for us. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at @bsbp_keith Keith and Trey, where can people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And don't forget to follow the show, guys, at Ethos Bulls on Twitter, at EthosBulls. And please, if you're out there, leave us some five-star reviews on iTunes. We can really use it. Uh, I haven't gotten one in a while. So I'm looking at you, person that's been listening to the show nonstop and hasn't done that yet. So go do it. Take five minutes out of your day and uh, put a smile on my face. So. Until next time, guys.